the most notes I've got in this whole series tonight. If you're a guest, I just want to apologize in advance. Um, I want to apologize because tonight's going to probably be the most practical night of our relationship series. Tonight's going to be the night that, please hear my heart, that you're going to take notes. And some of these notes are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to need that. And some notes, you, some notes you're going to see on the screen, you're going to be like, yeah, that's probably not for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just being blunt with you, like, straight up. Like, that's probably going to happen tonight. Um, tonight's going to be very practical. Tonight's going to be very uh, straightforward. Um, but I don't know about you, but <laughs> we're in 2021, and we kind of don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. So I need truth and nothing but the truth and the whole truth. So help me God. So, man, for some of us, it's going to be probably the best night of the series. And for some of us, man, just stick it out. Um, but tonight, uh, we're in a series called Shades of Grey. Uh, who was here last week? Make some noise one time. Last week, uh, we, we, we exposed the gray area of what? Direction. Can you say direction on three? One, two, three. Direction. And then week one of this series, we exposed the gray area of belief. Can you say belief on three? One, two, three. So every single week, we are talking about some gray areas and relationships. Uh, young adult, hear my heart. Please hear my heart. You need to take this message seriously because there's been nothing I've seen taking young adults out of the church more than the person that they decide to love and date and eventually marry. There's nothing I've seen taking people outside of the will of God more than the person they decide to yoke themselves with. So tonight, I need you to take notes. I need you to open up your heart. I need you to open up your mind. I'm not talking to you because I'm perfect. Listen, I have a crazy story, and we'll probably talk about that story next week or something. I don't know. We'll figure, we'll figure that out. But, you know, I, I think the Holy Spirit, I know the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you tonight. I know the Holy Spirit. You see, there, there's small warnings, and then there's big warnings. Uh, there's a small warning signs and there's big warning signs. The Holy Spirit, I believe and I'm convicted in this, is tonight the Holy Spirit is going to be waving a big warning at some of us. And depending on your reception tonight, depending how open your mind and your heart is, will determine if you go through the best season or through your foolish mistakes, you walk into the worst season of your life. You see, God can want to direct you all your life, but if, you, if you're unable to take leadership, you'll be the end of your growth. Can I get an amen tonight? Man, can y'all shout me down? I need, it's hard to preach this. I'm going to need some help tonight, okay? So if you hear something, just say amen. You can stand up and just do one of these. Uh, you can throw a shoe at me. Whatever you want to do, do it. But tonight we are exposing, we're tackling the gray area of boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. Are you taking notes tonight? Take some notes, please. I got a bunch. This is the most notes I had in this whole series. The most notes I've had. Again, you can listen to this sermon later throughout the week on our podcast. Just search New Birth Youth and Young Adults. The gray area of boundaries. You guys like my boundary? Boundaries. Definition of boundary. Boundary is a limit, uh, a limit of a subject or sphere of activity. A line that marks the limits of an area. A dividing line. Where you draw the line within a relationship, a limit or extent. God bless you. So, <laughs> I had so many jokes just come to my head right now. But I'm a pastor, not a comedian. That's uh, not my calling. A boundary is something you got to put into place. Do you guys like my boundary? Boundaries are set up so that you don't fall. If, if this stage is, is sin, if this stage, falling off the stage is falling into sin, I set a boundary to stop me from falling. I set a boundary to stop me. You guys with me tonight? So in your relationships, you've got to set a boundary. And don't set the boundary right here. Some of y'all like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't going to have sex, but I'm still going to buy some condoms. And my boundary is the condom. What? No, no, no. If my boundary is this close to sin, and young people, we love saying that. Pastor, how, how close can I get to sin without sinning? You know what you're asking? 
how long enough can I play the line so I lose conviction? No, no, no. I got to set my boundaries somewhere over here. So that in my flesh, in a low moment, in a stressful moment, in a temptation moment, even if I break my boundary a little bit, I'm still far from falling from sin. Some of y'all got to get extreme with your boundaries. Because listen, some of us are virgins in here. Shout out to all the virgins. But if you have a sexual sin that you go to, if you are not, if you, for you, for you, like, I know a lot of us are new to church. For you, if, like, saving yourself from marriage has never even crossed your head, you've got to set boundaries all the way over here. Because you know how you do relationships, right? You do them by checkpoints. So if you had sex with your last partner, that's where you start at with your next one. Set a boundary. Set a boundary. So even if I, it's a low night, it's a low night. You see, boundaries aren't always found in the Bible. But you know where to find boundaries? In your heart. A boundary. Next idea. A boundary is in place to not fall. A boundary is in place to not fall. You set boundaries because you don't want to fail. You don't want to fall. With the sin that so easily besets us, Paul says. You don't want that, so you set a boundary. Next point is that a boundary close to failure is set up to fail. So if my boundary is really close to failure, then I'm setting myself up to fail. Setting myself up to fail. Now, I, later in the sermon, I'm going to give you some boundaries. We're going we're gonna to really tackle this. But the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart. It wasn't a loud thing like, John preached this. It was a still small whisper in my heart as I'm preparing this sermon. And what, what happens is I hear the Holy Spirit and then I hear some of you. So I think, I think when I'm preparing the sermon, I guess this is what happened. I'm prophetically stepping into the moment. I'm, pro I'm prophetically stepping into this room as I prepare the sermon. And I heard this question, Pastor, why boundaries? Why do I have to set boundaries? Boundaries don't sound good. Boundaries sounds like, because he, you, know, you, know why, you know why we got to talk about this? Because some of us don't understand why we need to be holy. Because if there's grace, I can still go back to the club, get drunk, and sleep with whoever I want. Because on Sunday, God's going to forgive me. No, 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 no. So when you, when you don't see the, the value in boundaries, you don't understand the value in holiness. And, and, and I want to get that perspective down real quick. Why boundaries? Why even set boundaries? Do you know why you set boundaries? Do you know why sometimes believers in Jesus go the extra mile in setting a boundary far from sin? Do you want to know why we need this? Do you know why we set this? Do you know why we come all the way over here and some of us can't even, some of us can't even, you know, watch some movies, right? Because, because it's going to lead me down a, to, to fail some of us. And this is a religion. This is relationship. This is you knowing yourself. Some of us, when you go to bed, you got to put your phone in the other room. That sounds extreme, but, but why boundaries? Number one, because I love God. Because I love God. I set boundaries because I love God. I love him. Oh, I love God. I don't just love God when Ash Molly is singing Wait On You. I love God when it's a Friday night and there's a boy hitting me up and I really got to wait on you. That's why I set boundaries because I love God. And, man, I don't want to fail him. I don't want that feeling. Like I want to grow up into the life of a believer that it's not always, God, here I am, a sinner. But, God, here I am in love with you again. Oh, I love God so much, and I love him so much. It's deep in my core. I know I've got to do something. And for tonight, y'all, if that's you, you know you have to do some stuff. Man, let's take this belief and let's move it into action. I love God. So, Pastor, what are you saying? Because I don't set boundaries, I don't love God? So, Pastor, what you're trying to tell me is I don't love God. Because I don't keep his word? I'm not saying that. Jesus is. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, says the Lord. 
ain't talking. And in my worst night is, is, is the book. Jesus. So when, in your Bible, these words are read. Those are the words of Jesus. New birth. If you love me, obey my commandments. Young adult, if you love me, don't just talk the talk. Don't just put me in your bio. That's a nice verse. If you love me, obey my word. Obey my commandments. If you love me, show me. If you want to know if you love God, you want to know if you love God, what do you do? What do you do? Is it disobedience or is it obedience? I can hear a pin drop in this room right now. Here's my question to you. How far are you willing to go to honor God? How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go? I'm so sorry. I know you love those people, but a boundary may sound like deleting some contacts. <laughs> I, I, know, I know he's cute, but a boundary might sound like, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Because I don't just love God. I obey him. I show God I love him. I show God I love him. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, do what I say. This is the condition of love to God. That you have obedience attached with a word that you say. That you have obedience attached. In other words, that's the way that God wants to be loved. Here's, here's how I put it. Love God the way he wants to be loved. By obedience. You know you have a love language? You know you have a love language? My love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. So my wife, you know, touches me and calls me daddy, you know, it's, it's, it's game over. <laughs> you walk into Shades of Grey series and the young adult service. Just having fun, guys. I'm just having fun. No, no, no. My, my love language. No, for real, like, babe, like, call me the man. Call me the man. Tell me I'm the man. And, like... You know, rub my shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, like you're the man, babe. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my chest got a little bigger. I'm the man. It's my love language, baby. Her love language is not <laughs> words of affirmation. Uh, you know, like, it's, you know, that's a part of it. But her main two, like her first one is quality time. Right? So... Like, to my bros out here, like, if you hugging me, it's like, bro, you love me, dog. You know what up, man? But to her, you hugging her, that's love to you, but that's not how she wants to be loved. <laughs> this I didn't get it. What's my wife? Is it getting hot in here? It's getting a little hot. When you have a love language, someone loving you, if it's not in your language, that's not the way you want to be loved. And you have so many Christians, yeah, I love my neighbor. Yeah, I love my neighbor, but you don't know your neighbor. You don't know how they want to be loved, so you don't really love them. Because you're giving them physical touch, but they actually want quality time. So to really love your neighbor, you got to know your neighbor. And to really love God, you got to know the way he wants to be loved. And the way that he wants to be loved is through obedience. Can I get an amen tonight at NBYA on a Tuesday night? That was a lot of fun. That wasn't in my notes. That's why it's getting hot in here. First Thessalonians 4.3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. I, I put in parentheses, that's not the Bible. I, I defined it for you. Before we get to that is, I put the definition of sanctification there for you. So the Bible is saying, for the will, for this is the will of God. This is what God wants to do, his will. His, his, his idea is your sanctification. He doesn't only want you to be saved. He wants you to be sanctified. That's his will. That you're not the same person when you came to, get, came to the altar and gave your life. That there's sanctification. What does that mean? That there's consecration. That, that you're set apart. That you're sacred for a purpose. That you are pure. And in Thessalonians, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica. He's saying, that is that you abstain from sexual immorality. So 
when I have sex the way that God didn't design it, I am not choosing sanctification. I'm choosing something else, which is not the will of God. Pastor, what's sexual immorality? Can you please, you know, define that for me? The Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2, but because of all immoralities, some say immoralities, each man is to have his own wife and each woman is to have her own husband. Ah, you see it. Sexual immoralities is when you are in sex, but it's in the wrong context. So in Corinthians, Paul clears it up. He says sex, when a man doesn't have a wife or a woman doesn't have a husband, is immoral. No amens right there. When you have sex outside of marriage, that's not the way God designed it to happen. When you decide to have sex outside of marriage, that is what the Bible deems and defines as sexually immoral, which is against sanctification. It's against what God wants to do. For some of us, this is news because all we see in the world and on TikTok and on everywhere is to just have sex with whoever we want. But, but Christianity rubs against that and says, no, you can't just do that. You got to do it the way God wants it to be done. The immoral part of sex is that it's happening outside the context of marriage. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, right? But the marriage bed is undefiled. So what does that mean? When you're having sex outside of marriage, not so good. It's not God's design. But the marriage bed is undefiled, meaning it's a bunch of fun. This verse is saying have sex, but just make sure it's your wife. Have sex, but make sure it's your husband. Because sex in marriage is undefiled, meaning it's not wrong. Meaning, you know, when you have sex outside of marriage, immediately comes the shame. Immediately becomes the guilt. I remember honeymoon night after we had sex. I was like, this feels good. I don't feel that feeling like, dang, I just messed up. I feel that feeling like this is God's design. And all my married people said, amen. Alan's like, amen. <laughs> y'all need to get married, y'all. I'm telling you, it's the best life. So wh why am I bringing all these verses up? Because, listen, God doesn't want, it's not that God doesn't want you to have fun. Listen, God is the most pro-sex person you'll ever meet. He invented it. Y'all here tonight? God is pro-sex. He made you with those parts so that when it goes in those parts, it's a great time. That's how he designed you. Can I get an amen tonight? I want to, let me help you a little out, right? Because some of y'all think God's bad for telling me I can't do it. No, he wants you to do it, but he wants you to do it his way. He designed you. That's why who you decide to do it with and how you do it, it matters. Because, but pastor, what about oral sex? Is, is that sexually immoral too? Is oral. Bro, it has sex in the name. It's called oral sex. Oral sex. Any type of sex belongs in marriage. Okay, fine. But what about phone sex? Y'all laughing, but some of y'all laughing like, yeah, okay, answer it. What about OnlyFans? Answer it. I'm not going to give you an answer. Jesus gave you an answer. Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. But I tell you that anyone who even looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, Jesus. Wait, wait a minute. So if I just look at a woman lustfully, I already committed adultery. Yep. So this isn't just for single people. This is for married people, too. So if you, don't, if you don't ask God to come in and heal your mind, then even married and having sex the right way, you can be having sex visually and in your heart. And Jesus still calls it adultery. Any type of sex outside of marriage, phone sex, oral sex, actual sex is not of God. Masturbation, God didn't call you to have sex with yourself. Can I go there? Can I go there tonight? 
I love that Jesus clarifies that, right? Because people see the outside, but God actually is the only one that sees the inside. Why boundaries? Number one, I love God. Number two, I love others. I love others. That's why boundaries. Because I don't want to fail him. And failing him looks like doing it outside of his idea and his plan in all these different ways and all these different fashions. I, don't, I set boundaries to not fall because I love God. And secondly, because I love others. Romans 14, 13. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. What is this verse saying? Let me read it again. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. I preached this in our Jesus Culture sermon. That here at a church, here as Christians, you as a believer, follower of Christ, that you can lead people to the way or you can be in the way. That you can lead people as a stepping stone to God or you can be a stumbling block where they trip and fall. What am I trying to say? So I love God. That's why I set boundaries. And I love others. But when I do things the wrong way, I can actually become a hindrance to my brother. Which is this next point, that when we sin, it stumbles others. Obviously, that makes sense, right? Yeah, if I steal, I just stumbled another person. Obviously, that makes sense, right? When I murder, that stumbles another person. When you have sex outside of marriage, you're a stumbling block. When, when, when you sin, listen, friends, all sins are stumbling blocks to other people. Can I give you this next idea? Sin destroys my testimony of Jesus to others. If you really love Jesus, why would you do that then? This is the world looking at you. If you really love Jesus, why would you do that? If you really love Jesus, why would you post that? If you really love Jesus, why would you text that? See, sin, friends, sin is bigger than you. Sin doesn't just destroy your life. Sin doesn't just kill you. Sin actually destroys other people around you. And what it does is it distorts your testimony. So if you are a person here that doesn't take sin literally, if you're a person here that you love Jesus but you don't take sin seriously, it's a matter of time until sin runs you out of the church. Because what happens is when you try to get right with God, people still don't see you right with God. And now your testimony with God is in competition with other people's version of your testimony to God. Why boundaries? I love God. I love God. Why boundaries? Because I love God. And listen, friends. It's not only about you loving God, it's about your partner loving God. It's about the person you decided to be with loving God. Week one, belief. Week two, direction. Because listen, someone who easily dishonors God will easily dishonor me. Can I say it again? Someone who easily dishonors God will easily dishonor me. That's why your next relationship is going to be so awesome, or the one you're in, if you make some boundaries, is going to be awesome. Because, man... If they, if that person could be faithful to God when no one is looking, how much more does he want to be faithful to me when everyone's looking? This person wants to, wants to be close to God and be a, a righteous man and a righteous woman of God. That gives me confidence. That gives me confidence. Why boundaries? Because I love God. Number two, why boundaries? Because I love others. I love others. I love others. And listen. If you're a person in here that you, or you're dating someone or you're about to date someone and they put a boundary way away from falling and you can't match that boundary, let me flip the narrative. If you are dating or you're about to date, right, because we, we're going to clear this gray area before I call you my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I'm going to clear this gray area. Here's my boundary. If you can't meet that boundary, you're a walking trap. You're trapped because if you love me, you'll, you'll respect my boundaries. What I'm trying to say is someone who dishonors boundaries I set will dishonor me. Someone who disrespects the boundaries I set will eventually dishonor me. Again, I'm going to give you all some boundaries. Some of them are like, I need, I need that. And some of you are going to be like, that's a little OD. But you know yourself. So to me, none of them are OD because you know yourself. Last point, why boundaries? It's because I want to have fun. Somebody say fun. I set boundaries because I want to have fun. The next point is this. 
Sin ruins the fun in a relationship. Did you know that? Anything without boundaries isn't fun. So because I want to have fun in my relationship, I set a boundary. Because I, I want to have fun in my marriage, I set boundaries. Right? Because if we're a Christian couple and we're having sex and nobody knows about it, that relationship is not that fun when we go to church. I because we have to hide it. And in group, we can't be that honest. And in ministry, we can't be that honest. And we got this thing on us and the sin and only let us know about it. It, ru- it ruins the fun. Sin ruins the fun. But you set boundaries so that you can have the most fun. You set up boundaries so that you can have fun. Right? Can you come up real quick? Come on up. Make some noise for her. I forgot your name. What's your name again? Sonia? Let's go. Everyone say hi, Sonia. Are you single? She's single. Are you ready to mingle? Yes or no? No. All right. Get it right. Get it right. Y'all, I bet I see no, I, boy. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You ready? I honor that. I respect that. And I believe your next relationship is going to be your last relationship. And God's going to honor you. And God has someone waiting for you that values himself as much as you value yourself. Let's play a game without boundaries, right? Let's play rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You ready? Rock, paper, scissors, God. You ever play with someone that pulled that? Like, wait, what? God? What'd you throw? Scissors. I threw God. Who won? God. But why wasn't, why wasn't that fair to you? Why isn't it fair that I chose God? Because it wasn't part of the game. It wasn't, stay right here. It wasn't part of the game. That wasn't the rules, bro. This is rock, paper, scissors, not rock, paper, scissors, God. Let's try it again, all right? I'm thinking of number, a number between one and three. You ready? One and three. It's either one, two, or three, okay? It's in my head. It's in my head. You ready? Okay, what, what's the number you're guessing? One. Nope, it was a million. Is that a fun game? Why isn't that fun? Because it's not part of the game. It's not part of the game. Thank you so much, Sonia. You can take a seat. So when there's no boundaries, it's no fun. That's like playing basketball with someone that really don't know the rules. Like they don't really know where the travel is. Like they pick the ball up and they're like, like, bro, this ain't football, bro. Like you'll let it slide a couple times, right? Like Dito, like he'll know how to play, right? Like, but let's keep hooping. And the next play, he's like, like, all right, bro, that's a travel. Imagine that guy said, hey, man, but there's no rules. No rules? We won't have fun if there's no rules. We won't have fun if there's no rules. We won't have fun. A game without rules is no fun. So when someone breaks the rule, they're labeled a cheater. When somebody breaks the rules, they're labeled a cheater. Listen, friends, you can find a cheater before they cheat. You, it's the Holy Spirit, y'all. It's lit in here. You can find a cheater before they cheat. Because they cheated your boundaries. Here's a good question you got to ask. If this is love, then where are the boundaries? If this is love, then where are the boundaries? Boundaries is not something that is great. I can't go into a relationship with boundaries being the one gray area we didn't discuss or talk about. I'm setting myself up to fail. I'm setting myself up. Can I give you some examples? Here, here's the best part. Examples of healthy boundaries. Some of these are like, wow, I need to tattoo this on my back. Some of these boundaries I'm about to list are like, wow, yeah, I need that. This is why I said for some of you guys this is the most helpful night at YA because it's quick instructions. It's like so... Like, I can apply this immediately. Some of you guys are going to be like, oh, that's a little, little deep. Like, I'm, like, I'm all right. Like, I'm not, I'm not an addict. I'm not a sexual addict. What am I going to say? Some of these are great. Some of these for you is like, I'm good. Listen, you know yourself. You know yourself. And I'm going to list some boundaries, man. I've seen people get married because they had some of these boundaries. I've seen, I've seen marriages restored because they set boundaries after a tough situation. Can I give you all some boundaries? You guys ready to receive it? Listen, this ain't Bible, this is me, all right? I, I, 
because I've been doing ministry for a couple years, and just some stuff that's going to help you. Number one, we can't be alone at night. Some of y'all, <laughs> you could be alone during the day. You could be alone. But some of y'all, you can't even be alone during the day. Like, y'all can't be, <laughs> which is the next one, right? The next one, we can't be alone in a car at night. We can't be alone at night. We can't be alone in a car at night. Being alone at night means anywhere. We can't be alone anywhere at night. Some of y'all are like, all right. Don't look around. We can't be alone in a car at night. For some of y'all, we can't be alone. I have friends that are in ministry right now because they had this value. I have friends that are pastoring right now because they had a value that they can never be alone with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Never. Literally, I spoke with one last week. He was like, bro, it wasn't only because I loved her and because I don't want to slip up. Her parents are also saved, and they were involved in everything we did. So my first date alone with her was on my honeymoon. Talked to my bro last week. He interpreted it for me in Orlando. My first date was my honeymoon. Alone. Because I know myself. And I'd rather look stupid in front of all y'all than to look stupid on the day when Jesus comes back. I, I, I look like a fool to y'all. I don't care. Sometimes I got to be extreme because listen, sin is extreme. Sin leads people away from God, away from church, away from their purpose and their calling. We can't be alone, man. We can't be alone. We can't be alone. There's another boundary. We can't talk on the phone past midnight. Because there's nothing good to talk about at 2 a.m. What the heck are you talking about at 2 a.m.? What is there good to talk about at 2 a.m.? So, 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 so what you doing? It's 2 a.m. What do you mean what I'm doing? I'm tired. But I'll stay up, though, you know what I'm saying, nothing, chilling. And it's always the second question right after, right? The dumbest question you could ever ask. If you see this question, run for your life. You ready? So what you wearing? <laughs> I'm going to keep it real with y'all. If you guys are like, a robe? What do you mean what am I wearing tonight? It's a robe. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Is that a bonnet on my head? What you mean? Man's just like, what you mean I got my do-rag on? What you mean what I got on? A do-rag? Some of y'all got to set that boundary. I can't talk past midnight. Ain't nothing good to talk about at 2 a.m. We are not talking about our calling at 2 a.m. No, we're not. We stop talking about calling at like 6.30 p.m. Calling. Another boundary. We won't rush to say, I love you. I wish I could have held that word, I love you, for my wife. Unfortunately, I said it to a couple people before I got married. The next one's we won't rush to say, I'm sorry, we won't move in until we're married. Because I know myself. So my wife and I, we never moved out until we got married. Our first time moving out on our own was in our apartment when we got back from our honeymoon. Some of you guys are already out on your own. Some of you guys are already out on your own. You have to set a boundary. Some of you guys are already living on your own. Word up. I respect you. I love you. What up? Set a boundary if you're on your own. Set a boundary. Why? Because you love God and you love people. And if you love God, you keep his commandments. Another one. We won't vacation alone. If I can't, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't vacation when you're alone. Hold me. Leave out of your things, yeah. <laughs> Stop a Gucci. <laughs> Stop a Louis V. <laughs> Fly out to Greece. Nah, nah, nah. We're going to go somewhere with somebody to Greece, all right? We ain't going to go alone. Uh, we can't touch each other sexually. That's, that's everybody's boundary. That's everybody's boundary. Here's one that might be OD for some of you guys, but you need to take it. We won't rush to kiss each other. We, we won't rush. You, to the men in the house, you know how much she's going to respect you? When you said, I don't want to kiss yet. I don't want to kiss yet. There's something about my breath. No, it's not anybody's breath. Your breath smells like your breath smells like roses. It's not about your breath. It's in my lips. Your lips are your lips are your lips are luscious. They're, they're beautiful. I just know myself. And I value you. And I don't want to just cross this boundary yet. 
I don't care if we went on six dates. You're not my girlfriend yet. You're not my boyfriend yet. You're going to wait to get these lips. <laughs> Shoot. I won't rush to do it. I won't rush to do it because I go, I date six people and I made out with six people. Like, that doesn't even make sense. No, no, no. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to kiss. I'm going to wait for that. That's That's sacred. That's sacred. I do that on my wedding day. On my wedding day, you may kiss the bride. That, that's huge. We could wait a little bit. All those are more about we. Can I talk some boundaries about me and then we're done? I can't watch porn. This is your boundary. If Jesus says that if I lustfully look at a woman and I see myself in her pants, if I see myself in his pants, if I lustfully look at someone, I've committed adultery in my heart. None of us can watch porn. Listen, Fortune 500 companies are, again, they're not saved. Those bosses aren't believers in Jesus. But even in Fortune 500 companies, they're having board meetings. They're having staff meetings. And they're requiring their staff not to watch porn because they know what statistically it does to your mind. These people don't even believe in Jesus. How much more should we not watch porn? How much more should we be clear about this thing? That we've got to set some boundaries up. I can't watch porn. Here's another one. I can't watch certain movies. I, I know myself. This isn't, these boundaries aren't about we. It's about me. Next one is that I can't have certain applications on my phone. For some of y'all, Snapchat has got to go tonight. Can we just be real tonight, yo? I can't, next one, I can't follow certain accounts. I can't follow her anymore. Let alone like it. Remember that feature when they showed you what everyone was liking on Instagram? You remember that? That was so toxic. That was so crazy. Well, you better believe I was, I was a pastor. That was the best time to be a young adult pastor. I was like, look, sin, sin, lust, lust. Screenshot. What are you doing this late liking this picture? What are you doing? Where are you right now? Where are you? Where are you? What are you thinking? I can't follow certain accounts. I can't follow certain accounts. Am I talking about religion? I'm talking about relationship. You're, you know yourself. And I just want to do what honors God. How far will I go to honor God? How far will I go to honor God? So some of y'all, just some accounts, you got, you're following right now. like Because they post way too much skin. And listen, if you're the one posting that stuff, remember, you also cause people to stumble. So I'm not policing your gram. I'm saying just be, be mindful. You can go to the beach and record the moment, but there's something different when I just keep scrolling. Oh, I see the skin. I'm like, whoa. I'm followed. Some of us can't follow certain accounts. Next one, I can't hear certain songs. I'm not talking about religion. I'm, I'm talking about relationship. Your relationship with God. I'm talking about your relationship with God because that type of songs leads you to do that type of stuff. This type of song leads you to have these type of thoughts, leads you to hit these type of people up to perform those types of sins. I got to cut it at the root. Got to cut it at the root. I can't be at certain places. Nope, I can't be there. I can't be there. I'm sorry, I can't be there. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. Jesus, Jesus drank wine. I'm, I can't be there. He turned wine to wine. I can't be there. I can't be there. I can't be. I can't. I, I'm not going to the club. There's no way I'm going to be a missionary in the club. Who, who am I going to save in the middle of a club when we're all drunk? Like, hey, man, so you believe in Jesus? Yeah, all right. You know what, you, you know what your flesh wants. In the, I can't be at certain places. I can't go to certain functions. And I'm sorry if I look stupid to you, but I look good to God. And it's so worth it looking good to God and looking like fools. Listen, Jesus on the cross looked like a fool. But I'm so glad he endured the cross for the joy set before him. That all sons and daughters who just confess and believe in his name will have eternal life. That's my alarm to stop. Just kidding. I can't have my phone near my bed at night. Some of us got to set, set that boundary. How, how far are you willing to go to honor God? I can't be home alone. Can't. Can't be home alone. I don't trust myself. I don't trust the flesh. I can't go to certain activities. Romans 13, verse 13 and 14 says, let us walk properly 
as in the daytime, not in orgies. So listen, even if you're married, you, you can't swing. But you know, but we're, we're both married. Bible says no. That's un, that's that's defiled. Not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. When I have boundaries, next point is that when I have boundaries, I carry integrity and character. I don't know about you, but man, 2021, anybody can leave me anywhere. I want to be around people with integrity and character, yo. I want the people that I go to, the people I hang with, the people that are my ones, you know what I'm saying, like my, my de- like the people I choose to be with, my tribe. I need it to be people with integrity and character. And listen, friends, some of us got to gotta make that jump. You got to say, I, I, I'm going to be a man of integrity. I'm going to set boundaries not way over there. I don't set them over here, man, because I, I want to have integrity and character. I want when people look at me, they see Jesus. I want to do what honors, honors God the most. I don't got to make the same old mistakes. The Holy Spirit led me to the book of Genesis, chapter 13. I asked the whole worship team to come up. The Holy Spirit for this sermon led me to Genesis. And um, I kind of hear this right here prophetically. You guys here tonight? I need, you, I need you to tap into this moment. We're about to do an altar call if you want salvation, but I need you to tap into this moment. Because last week we spoke about Lot and his wife. You guys remember? And we, we talked about direction. And we, we talked about you can be headed in the same direction and eventually find tension. Or you guys could not even know directions you're headed and eventually find tension in a relationship. Um, and that the angel of the Lord comes to Lot and his family. And the angel of the Lord tells Lot, he says, run to the hills. I command you to run because God is going to bring judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. God is going to pour down fire. And we looked at that as an analogy to how we're living today. That hell is real. Hell is a place. But God sent his son as an angel to let us know to run. But notice that the angel says, and don't look back. And what happens is, is that Lot's wife looks back and she turns to a pillar of salt. Here's the thing, Lot and his family, they didn't grow up in Sodom and Gomorrah, the place that got the wrath of God. Lot wasn't even from that place. You know how he ended up there? He didn't have boundaries. Genesis chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become a very wealthy, uh, very wealthy with flocks and sheep and goats and herds and cattle and many tents. So Lot was a rich man. But the land cannot support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between herdsmen of Abram and Lot. So Lot, remember Lot and his wife were running from Sodom. And his wife turns around and looks at the city. She turns to salt. They're running from the place that God is bringing wrath. But before they ended up there, Lot was doing really good. He was really wealthy. He, he was balling. All types of sheep, white sheep, black sheep, every sheep, balling. But him and Abram were doing so well and so much flock that their shepherds would begin to quarrel with one another. In other words, they had too much territory too close together. Verse 7 says, so disputes broke out between both of their herdsmen. And in verse 8 it says, finally Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us, our herdsmen. After all, we're close relatives. There's a leadership point there. I can't do it now, though. Verse 9. We'll do a leader lab soon. We'll talk about that. Verse 9. The whole countryside is open to you. So Abram tells Lot, yo, there's a whole countryside. We're too close together. He says, take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, I'll go on the left. It don't matter to me. Verse 11. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. Verse 12, this is wild. Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled 
among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Let me help you make this make sense. Chapter 13. Lot sets his tent up near Sodom and Gomorrah. We read chapter 19. He's in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angel's like, you got to leave this place. So in 13, somewhere between chapter 13 and 19, Lot, a wealthy man, started going a little closer to Sodom and moving his tent and moving his tent and looking at the parties and looking at the orgies and looking at all the sexual morality and closer and closer and closer. This is just the story that he settled near the tent, but six chapters later, he lives in a place that was extremely wicked. Extremely wicked. It's not Lot's wife's fault that she turned to pillar of salt. It's Lot's fault as the leader of his home to settle near a place of wickedness. To put his boundaries so close that they fell over. I was just in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And, um, it's a funny story. I told my wife this story. I had to. Um, literally, it was like the first thing we talked about when I landed. Uh, I was in Missouri. I was at a, at a conference at the hotel lobby. And um, I was there. It was a great time. I was there with my, my little brother, uh, Pastor Jonathan. And um, we're, we're about to buy some, some food at the downstairs lobby. And um, so we're, looking, we're like, you know, just chilling. And, like, I look around, like, we just turned around about to leave. And there was this woman, uh, this probably, like, 40-year-old woman, just staring at us, like, giving us the eyes. You know what I mean? It's the eyes you give that girl you like. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that look like. And, like, when we both, like, we turned around, we both looked at her, and she was like. back at us it's almost like 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 girl like you don't for real so we walk away I'm like, we walk away we sit down we eat the food we just bought three minutes later the girl walks right in front of us like mass slow like yo where you going like slow mo you know there's a little I'm like, John, do you saw that? He was like, yo, yeah, she wild. She wild. Yo, where her fam, where her kids at, yo? She wildin'. We started laughing. We finished eating. And then it's time to go back to the hotel room. So we, we go to the elevator, press the button, and we're waiting. And get, guess who? Turns the corner. Gets in the next elevator, hits hits the button for her room, and as the elevator's coming down, the entire time it was kind of like looking at us like, listen, I don't, I don't only love my wife on Valentine's Day. I don't only love my wife when I text her, tell her I love her. I don't only love my wife when I post her on Instagram. And on my story, I don't only love my wife when I'm wearing my ring, which is a symbol of our our marriage and love. I love my wife also when I don't cheat on my wife. I also love my wife when I decide to laugh at that situation instead of take advantage of that situation. She goes up to her room and 
And me and Jonathan, we're dying laughing. Like, we're dying laughing. And as we go back into the session for the night session, I'm sitting in the presence of God. We're worshiping. And something in me was, like, feeling good. Like, I'm getting hit on. Like, you know, like, that's, that's fun, you know. But then immediately I, I just sensed the sense of evil, just evil. Like, wow, the enemy just intricately placed the trap right in front of me. Like, it's like, yeah, like, you know, like, and you know what that feeling, right? When that person you've been praying for, for all the wrong reasons, actually hits you up. You know that feeling like, oh, no, no, no. And immediately what rushed in my heart was just, that's so evil. It's so evil. I don't only, listen, you don't only love God when you're in church, y'all. You don't only love God when you say, I want to wait on you. You don't only love God when you pull up here and, and you put a mask on. That's not only when you love God. You love God when you set a boundary up. You love God when you say, this is the type of man I'm going to be. You don't only love God when you show up on Easter and you show up for all the new series and sign up for group. You love God when you obey his commandments. And church, obeying God's commandments is a sacrifice, yo. I'm sorry, but if you haven't been put in a position you need to sacrifice, I have to question if you're following Jesus. Because he sacrificed it all, didn't he? He got the whips, he got the blood, he got the cross. And then he looks at you and he says, pick your cross and follow me. But some of us want to follow God without our cross. We want to follow God. We want to love him without sacrifice. And here's my last point. For love to prevail, you have to sacrifice something. For love to actually grow roots, you have to sacrifice. And friends, this is the gospel. Listen, guess I'm sorry. We got way too real tonight. But man, there's a real devil after your soul. I'm sorry we got rubbed the wrong way. But listen, I'd rather you get rubbed the wrong way while you still have a decision to not get rubbed the wrong way for eternity. This is life and death, yo. This is your relationships. And there's nothing I've seen white people out more than who you decide to love and be with. There's nothing I've seen. And we have to talk about this. Notice most of these weeks are about conversations. Listen, you got to get good at being a good communicator. What do you believe? Where are you headed? What are your boundaries? Here's mine. Yeah, that's a sacrifice. Man, number one, I love God. Number two, I love others. Number three, I want to have fun. I want to have fun. Come on, if you believe that, can you shout amen tonight? Come on, can you get up on your feet? If you believe everything that was said tonight, can you give praise to Jesus tonight? Come on.